Hello and welcome to the Life They Live podcast. I'm the host, Nina, and in today's episode, Jan Lesquarch and I have a conversation about company gardening. Jan is a grower and he works on introducing corporate gardens in the workplace. A corporate garden is often a green area in a company where fruits and vegetables can be cultivated. Hello, Jan. Hello, Nina. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. We're going to talk about a topic that I don't know well, but I think it's a very interesting one. And in the future, it's going to keep developing, I'm sure, also. Um, me too, and I hope. <laughs> could you present yourself maybe in a few words before we start? Sure. Sure. Well, uh, so as you said, my name is Yann Lesquarge. I'm uh, 41 years old and I'm uh, a potagist, which is not a, a religion, but kind of. Since six years professionally and uh, as an amateur, like 12 years or something like this. Potagism, uh, as I was saying, uh, there is no word for that in, uh, in English. It's a vegetable garden, but in French, the, veg the vegetable garden is a potager. And then you can imagine the guy working in a potager is a potagist. Yeah, yeah. I saw there are several words to refer to, for example, like grower, but also, if I'm not wrong, uh, gardens in companies, I think, are also called corporate gardens, uh, I saw. So I say... Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you can also say urban farming, I guess, for people... Well, mm -hmm. Yes, there there are many labels that you can uh, that you can put on this kind of work. There are some nuances too. And um, that's why I had to invent such a word as the potagist, because I didn't feel the other words were completely a good definition of uh, what I'm doing. Okay, yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people would have questions about what a potagist is, because it's not necessarily known. So we will go deeper into that. But first, like we said, it's, let's refer to it as like urban farming or a potagist, and then you would explain more in detail what, yeah, what it sure. means. But before it would be nice if we can go step by step and start with the beginning. So as you said, it's been your job for six years. Could you tell us kind of like how your reconversion happened, what you did before and how you changed to this yes. new job? Yes. Well, I've been working, I've been working after a business school when I was a student. I've been working in Germany, in France, in logistics, in offices. And I've been, well, enjoying this during time because it was uh, all new and uh And I was young, but in the end, after a few years, well, after many years, like after 10 years, and uh, because I did this during 15 years, I felt that uh, that was not really my place. I couldn't feel the sense of what I was doing. What was the purpose of this? It was not so aligned with my, my way of life, my way of thinking. And I, were, uh, I was getting more and more awakened with uh, ecology subjects and so on. This meaning transporting goods all around the planet that people are selling as marketers and that we probably don't need coming from China, coming from everywhere, transported all over, all over the world. I couldn't find myself uh, aligned with this anymore. And I was missing um, some creativity part. I was missing some um, social linking. I was missing really purpose. So I was quite enjoying a uh, working outside like uh, landscaping and so on but i had this idea since a few years and i 
went from an ID to a job. Yeah, and I think it was a nice uh, story, the one you told me when we were preparing the episode about, I think it was uh, some elderly man who gave up his garden, if you want to tell us about yes. this. Well, that's, um, that's how I rediscovered uh, vegetable gardens. I was in a kind of an association where you can get some vegetable basket every week, like uh, 50 people doing this in solidarity with the with the agriculture. And um, in this group of people, there was one lady and her grandfather was going in a retirement house and he had a beautiful garden, which, was, which has uh, an independent uh, access. And this lady, she offered to anyone who was interested to to get to inherit this parcel as a loaner, of course, just to just to take take care of the land, and I thought that we would be uh, more than one people interested in doing that, but I was the only one, so I started gardening with a huge garden of like 250 square meters or something like this, with fruit trees and very good piece of land, and that was like a virus. I I, I spent a lot of time experimenting there ha uh, there having really good time there and well no pressure it was uh, it was just for fun and i really enjoyed the fun there and then after a while this garden it was halfway between my home and my job so not so far from the job and i've been going there during the lunch break because uh, well garden they need time they need uh, that you take care of them and i was enjoying it so more than the spending every every lunch with the same colleagues talking about the same same problem same stories so it was really nice to get some fresh air in the garden doing things under the sun listening to birds and insects and bees and so on and uh, sometimes some colleagues they were asking me when I was going there for lunch break they were asking me oh you're going to the garden may I come with you this will change my break you will show me things we will do it together we it will be a nice fresh air as I was saying so I was like hmm people they are quite interesting in going in gardens but they don't dare during doing it by themselves because well as city people we kind of lost this link to nature and growing things so people are interested in, in, in doing this but they don't know how to do it so they don't do it and that's where urban farming is really interesting not not especially because of producing but this social link this way of learning again how to do it as our grandparents are before they were doing it so this was uh, the first point that people they really want to do it but they need someone to help them to get in touch with that and the second point was as i was saying i've been working in germany in paris in france everywhere and everywhere i've been working in offices there were always those sterile places these green lawns they have no use, no one is playing football on them, no one is having picnic, no one is doing nothing. It's just about mowing the lawn every, once a week. This brings nothing, it has a cost. Or you can have some old uh, flower places that are just a, a pain in the ass because everybody has to take care of them and nobody wants to do it because it doesn't bring anything except some flowers if you do it well. And from this concept, these two concepts, people want to do something. There are always empty spaces, uh, sterile places in companies. This can be rooftops as well because there is only smokers that go there. And with this kind of two contexts, I was 
thinking that maybe we could transform those places in gardens, like productive and social linked gardens, reconnection gardens in workplaces and have those people work together in a garden, like in a collaborative way, speaking about something else than work and meetings and classic things. And I was like, oh, I think I invented corporate gardening. <laughs> and I was checking in France at that time. I didn't see anything. I was enlarging my search and I saw that in places like Silicon Valley in uh, the United States and so on, where people are quite, are quite more uh, enlightened in this kind of subjects there, they were starting to have corporate gardening. So I was thinking, well, maybe I, this is a good idea to, to, to go deeper on. And of course, it took me a little bit of time to mature this, this idea. And after a few years of thinking about it, I started this company, Culture d'Entreprise, in uh, 2015. Yeah, it's very interesting because we can see that it's really a work in progress. And it's not like you just saw a job and you were like, oh, this looks interesting. I'm going to go. But it's really you created that idea in your mind and you experienced it and that it really took time also to come to that final product and to that conclusion. So that's very interesting yeah. to, to see. And we're going to talk more about your, your company and how it started, but just quickly to anyone who's listening and maybe uh, wants to change jobs, would you have any advice or anything you would like to say about people who would like to do a reconversion? Yes, of course. Well, Uh, I don't know the numbers, um, but I read quite often that half of the jobs that exist uh, today will not exist in 10 years or 15, I don't know. This meaning that half of the job that will exist in 10 years, they don't exist uh, yet. So people will invent them and uh, there is a lot of space, a lot of room to invent new jobs, to cross, uh, to cross topics, to cross activities and so on. So I guess especially in this uh, urban farming, urban nature. Uh, there is a lot of things to do in particip participative way. It's about always going in small spaces, optimizing productions and so on. So it's really interesting that uh, area. And I think there is a lot of, lot of things to invent. Uh, so just listen to yourself, be patient, analyze things, observe talk with people and then if you have an id again observe mature talk with people because the id you have today after one year this will be completely different and probably the id in one year is more realistic mature this will have bring more chances of success mm -hmm. yeah 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 i guess it can be But kind not... of hard sometimes to imagine yes. that uh, your new job might not exist or that you would just have to trust the process But at the end, it's true that many yeah. jobs uh, will develop and change in the coming years. Yeah. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now if we go back to your company, before you explain maybe how it started, could you just explain in a few sentences just clearly what your job is and what your company is? Sure, yes. As I was saying, my company which is not a company because it's small. It's named Culture d'Entreprise. It's uh, like a pen word in, um, in uh, explaining about what we're doing. We're uh, coaching companies and people in those companies how to design, how to build, how to manage a garden. And I'm, uh, I'm not a landscaper who is creating a garden and giving them the keys of the garden and telling them, here is your garden, please do what you have to do. Because 
people, as I was saying, they don't know how to do it. They need, they need coaching. They need, they need to get first only the fun and the pleasure of it before getting the the charge of uh, the, the the time that it's it's needed to do it. Even even if doing it with many people divide the work. It means like a, a weeding 100 square meters. If you're doing it alone, you will take a few days. If you are 12 people doing it at the same time in one hour, one and a half hour, it's done. So the, the approach is really different. And um, that's important to have someone showing them this. So it's about have giving an all-inclusive uh, service, which goes from creating the garden, but also maintaining the garden. It's about providing the plants, the seeds, the material, the, the, the advices, like having a permanence, per, permanence, I don't know, like uh, being there every week or every month and um, welcoming people, giving them stuff to do, explaining them what we are doing and why we are doing it and having fun because it's all about fun and um, getting pleasure about it. Because as I was saying, it's corporate gardening, people that are at their work. And there is only a lunch break a day. So if you are not spending a good time during this lunch break, you will not come back to the garden. So it is really important that people are having fun. That's why I'm always planning that I'm uh, an entertainer more than a gardener. It has benefits for uh, the people because as we were saying, there are getting some fresh air, seeing the sun. They are, um, they are discovering a lot of vegetables varieties they are discovering interactions between plants and uh, and uh, insects and they are discovering interactions benefits from a plant with another plant and well the subject is quite uh, infinite because we can talk of so many things in the garden we can talk about vegetables of course but what is the purpose of the vegetables it's about getting eaten so we can talk about cooking we can talk about history we can talk about so many things it's quite infinite and that's what's make uh, it interesting because people are coming with their questions and i'm coming with a kind of knowledge and we can all share this and we can discuss sometimes we're not even gardening we're just having a fun and uh, a talk in the garden sometimes people they want to do something in uh, and have dirty hands they can do it if they just want to talk they can do this too so it's about giving everyone what they came for. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, it has like a health value, but also environmental benefits. And it's nice also because it's at work. So it's also wellness in the workplace and having social connections. So it's really good on different levels, yeah. There are benefits for the participants, but there are benefits for the company too, because it's in the end, the company that sets up uh, this kind of project and the company they can improve the the wellness at uh, on the, the the workplace they can develop i don't know the name in uh, in english but it's like uh, environmental and social responsibility mm -hmm. it's a very concrete way of doing things i mean this cannot be the only one but it's a way of doing it and a concrete one and it's a way of uh, retaining like the, the good profiles, because in some places it's hard to get people and retain them because people, they want to have fun and a job too. It's a way of attracting good profiles. It's a way, and I think really that 
it's one of the big uh, issues of companies this century is to be proactive in um, in uh, ecological transition too. And this is a way of getting uh, involved in this. It's about allowing their employees to learn again how to grow their own food. I mean, it's not about getting uh, self-sufficient. It's about building connection with this. And it's a way of connecting to your colleagues, to yourself and to nature. Yeah, that's very interesting. And before we dive deeper, maybe into urban gardening. So if we stay within your company, when you first started it, did you have any challenges? Did you develop it by yourself or were you helped? Could you tell us a little bit how that went? Sure, sure. Well, it's now six years that I'm doing this. I started just with uh, one client. The first one was with with my uh, former employer. And when I left the company, that that logistics uh, job that I had, I told the the boss and the the sustainable development uh, manager that I was leaving and what I was about to do and that I was, I would be, I would find it interesting that uh, they would be my first client. They find the idea quite interesting, but they didn't have any idea about if people in the company would be interested in coming gardening in a collaborative garden. So they made up a poll uh, internally and there were like uh, in a half an hour, there was like 80 people saying, yes, I'm interested. I want to be paid. So they said, well, it's quite a tsunami, so let's let's do it, Jan. And um, that's how it all started. This first year, it was quite a new concept, so I didn't get any new client. And I was not trying to get new clients either, because I wanted really to try to see if it works, to see if what I was offering was the good way of uh, doing it. So I really take my time, took my time. And uh, the year after, I had three clients and the year after I had nine clients and the year after I had like 12 or 15 clients and now I am delegating some gardens to people because it's too much for myself it's not it's not like in a startup when you're just by a server and you can multiply your activity in 100 it's about people it's about being there in the garden spending some time so well it's about a human adventure too so mm-hmm. you you spend time there so you cannot multiply things multiply guns and i don't want to do it because as i was saying i have values i have principles and i want to live accordingly to those yeah so as i was saying i it developed uh, like organically i i haven't been doing any marketing or sales development it's about doing a good job and if people are having fun they will talk about this to their friends and families and the people, the company, they will be proud to communicate on this because it's one of the aspects too, uh, of course. It's a positive way of communicating around ecology, saying, well, we ha- in this company have a corporate garden and our employees are gardening during lunch break together and having fun there. So it's quite interesting for the companies to communicate on this internally, but also uh, for the, the public. Mm-hmm. So... If they are doing advertisement for me, that's how I'm getting client and I get contacted by uh, other local companies that saw this in newspaper or they talked about it about with that CEO and they found it interesting. So and they are calling me to see what we can do because we can do a lot. We can do this if you have 
piece of soil, but we can do it, as I was saying, on a rooftop, on a parking place. We can do it on a balcony. We can do it everywhere. And there is there are solutions for every situation. I even have colleagues in Paris. They are doing this corporate gardening indoor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's nice to have an idea of the the values of the the company and understand how it works. Because from an outside perspective, it might be hard to understand the the logistics behind like everything and how it, it works. And also, if I'm not wrong, so you have your company and you also work for another enterprise or startup that is called Nocity. Yes. And before I ask you more about this, I wanted to say that it's quite a funny anecdote because um, I told you this already, but in my first year of university, I remember I did a presentation on No City and um, because it's, they're also developing products for urban agriculture. So I find it nice to have a conversation now a few years later about that company. Could you tell us maybe how you work together and more about sure. No City? Yeah, well, New City has been created, I think, in 2013 or 14 in uh, Portugal, in Porto. And they designed a grow bed, which was not revolutionary, but well, really well thought because it has a water tank below and it works with capillarity and the plants that you plant inside the grow bed, they can get the water they need but only the water they need. It's not about too much. And one of the biggest issues in uh, out-of-the-soil gardening is about uh, irrigation, watering. So this is a really nice solution with a really nice design, very modular. Uh, you can put it everywhere because there are those grow beds, they exist in three sizes. And for me, as Culture Entreprise, when I had some uh, requests from companies, on rooftops, for example, where the weight is very is very important, um, it was always uh, difficult for me to source um, those grow beds, like efficient one, because it's a lot of logistics with the wood, assembling the wood, getting the wood, getting the substrate, an adapted substrate, um, dealing with irrigation. So it was really, really a problem. And I met those guys from New City in. 2018, I think, on a, on a trade fair where they were presenting their product. And I, I really thought that the product was really a good idea and it could be a solution for my problems in this uh, sourcing and logistics. Besides, I've been discussing with the guys and we were really aligned in terms of uh, values, see how we thought things and so on, that we kept in contact. We've been exchanging during month and uh, as I was saying, they, they were having a product, but they were moving from a product to a product and a associated service company. Like you can have, you can sell your grow beds to B two C, and maintain a relation with the end client through uh, newsletters and website and hotline and so on. But if you are selling to companies or if you are selling to cities, to schools, to retirement houses and so on, it's more uh, it's bigger uh, gardens with many grow beds and you have to be to have someone there someone uh, reliable that can take care of the maintenance the installation the animation of those gardens as i was doing in companies and they were thinking about building a network of growers of people like able to install maintain and animate those gardens everywhere and as we were having a lot of uh, a lot of um, good feeling together. They asked me if I would be interested in, in 
recruiting and managing this network of growers everywhere in uh, in France and in Belgium because there is Brussels too. And due to my being an old guy in urban agriculture, like it's six years only, but I was uh, quite in the first ones. I have quite a good network nationally due to this and due to some uh, association engagements and uh, working on festival and so on. So I had a quite a good network and I, I, I contacted those people from my network who were doing the same as I was doing in other cities. And I knew that they were encountering the same troubles as I was regarding source uh, of wood, uh, logistics for the substrate, assembling and so on. So uh, they were quite interested and I built this network and we're now most 15 people in France and in Belgium uh, installing, maintaining and animating those new city gardens, which are out of the soil. And we could say I could be a schizophrenic, like uh, having tw two different companies selling the same kind of product and service, which are corporate gardens, for example. But I'm with Culture d'Entreprise, I'm doing it in the soil. And with Nucity, I'm doing it in grow beds out of the soil. So yeah, yeah. these things are clear. Mm -hmm. And we are having fun because during six years, I've been working alone, at least during four years. And when you have been working in, in companies where you have, you had colleagues and so on, like social link is quite important for me and working together in your own business, it is fun, but sometimes it is difficult too. So I was quite delighted to, to have colleagues again mm -hmm. that I shared the values with. Yeah, because it's also an exchange, right? Because you work with NoCity and you yes. both bring something to each other because you were talking about the out-of-soil, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah and um, having these uh, weekly talks with uh, with them, with the, the other growers in France. We're doing the same job, but in different places. So it is really interesting because we are we are having the same problems, the same opportunities, so we can really share. So it is really good to have this network mm -hmm. for everyone okay. yeah yeah i can imagine and i'm wondering because we talked a bit about france also about portugal a bit about the united states do you know like what is the approach regarding uh, urban gardening worldwide if it's developing because from the outside i have the impression that it's not so common yet but maybe i don't know i'm wrong so could you tell us maybe more about that Well, I have the opposite uh, impression because I'm working every day in this area. So I see mm -hmm. what is happening and I, I think that a lot is happening. Cities are really getting concerned with these kind of issues. Um, the fantasy about urban agriculture has been digested now. It, a few years ago, people were saying, yes, we will feed the cities in the cities. And it's absolutely not possible because you cannot grow everything in cities because some crops they really need space you cannot do cereals like uh, for having flour and having uh, doing bread from the city you can do it a few bread but you cannot feed the whole city so you will have you will need the rural uh, agriculture you will need the urban agriculture and that's good that we're not putting them in competition anymore because they are working one for each other they are giving some services uh, to each other so we are moving out of this fantasy that the cities could feed themselves with the urban agriculture. And uh, what our urban agriculture is bringing, it's about, of course, 
producing some food, but it's about producing some social linking. It's about helping people to understand how it works to produce, how they can consume uh, more uh, in a sustainable way, like knowing about the seasonality of the products, promoting the local, the local sourcing of the products, which means working with closer rural agriculture, because all around the cities, there are urban agriculture. And it's not a new concept dating from 12 years ago. Since cities exist, there has been urban farming. Mm -hmm. It was just a little bit forgotten during uh, a couple of centuries, but it has always been there. Like in Middle Ages, well, cities were smaller, but in Paris in 19th century, they were really producing and inventing ways of producing in optimization, in being like in engineers of uh, producing. There, were, it, it, there are crazy readings about that. Indeed, it's interesting how we should not put them in competition because it's not all or nothing. It's not uh, the cities are completely uh, urban with no, no agriculture or no vegetation. And then the rural is where we have all the farming happening. But it's nice that you can do the link actually between the two. And yeah, yeah. like I said, not all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's very important because first the classic agriculture they could see us as a threat or as a joke sometimes <laughs> those city people they are, they are they really think they are producing and feed the city no that's not what we are saying guys it's about talking uh, knowing each other and uh, and building a sustainable future yeah okay yeah that seems very important and just so that we can come to an end of the episode and do a little conclusion I mean, of course, we cannot see into the future and predict what's going to happen. But you, since you're very much, um, you know, it's your job and you can see how things are developing. What do you think urban gardening will be like in the coming years and what, for you, what needs to be done still for you? It's getting more and more uh, mature, like projects are, more, are now uh, more realistic. It's quite difficult anyway to... The, to build the business models because they are quite um, mixed. The source of revenues, it can be the production, but it can be uh, schooling. It can be a f formation, I mean. It can be bringing some social link in the neighborhood. But some of the benefits of urban agriculture, yet we don't know how much it brings to society. Like this social link, for example, it has a value, but it's not, a, uh, it's not about... A currency value it's about another type of value and having this in the equation it's one of the big challenge that we have in urban agriculture and still i think it will grow because cities for example they are discovering they are getting conscious that their resilience their feeding autonomy is really ridiculous so as we are seeing with this kind of pandemic that we are having and the trouble it brought uh, in the beginning like in uh, supplies and so on, cities are rediscovering that they need to develop this resilience. They need to develop it. And urban agriculture is one of the tools which is available for that. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of hard to measure. It's not like you can have always statistic statistical yeah. numbers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Okay, well, thank you very much, Jan, for this conversation. I know that I definitely learned more and it's also nice to have a different perspective on agriculture because when you think of agriculture or farming or gardening, it's not the first idea, I feel like, that comes to your mind. So uh, it was very interesting to, to have that perspective and thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Always a pleasure to share. Thank you, Nina. And thank you to everyone who was listening. This was the Live Day Live podcast. Don't hesitate to follow the Instagram account, which is the Live Day Live underscore podcast to give your feedback. And I'll see you on a next episode.